0: What What the the hell hell is elder elder care? care? This is Kate
1: Sherman, and I'm here with Jane Barfin. And we're excited about tonight's session. The last podcast we did, we had um, one of the clinical RNs talk about changes within herself and within her actual delivery of care. And I think this goes right into our guest tonight when we talk about Physical therapy, and I know Kate, you want to talk about your knees again. No, You're always talking about your knees. Kate. I
0: don't want to talk about my knees because what I learned from our last podcast is own it and modify. So I really have been working very hard on that. So I'm not going to discuss that. No aches and pains. We're going to go ahead and uh, introduce our special guest, Dr. Wim Rogers. Um, Dr. Rogers has been a physical therapist for how many years now?
2: 38 years.
0: 38 years. And so the reason why we invited Wim Dr. Rogers is because he has been in the field for so long and he has seen a lot of patients come and go. He has also dealt with a lot uh, regarding healthcare, insurance, and he also has parents that were recently uh, placed in a community. But first, uh, Dr. Rogers, could you please provide us with some insight on uh, functional changes of aging, if you don't mind?
2: Um, Sure. Um, I thought you wanted me to go through my education. Oh, please go ahead. Start with
0: your (laughs) education first.
2: Um, uh, My background uh, is in teaching. I have a Bachelor of Science degree in biology general science, secondary education and specialization in athletic training in my undergrad. Uh, from there I went to, um, that was at Lock Haven State at the time, now Lock Haven University. From there I went to Emory University, Atlanta, Georgia, and received my master's in physical therapy. Um, returned home, uh, my wife dragged me back home. Um, <laughs> started working as a physical therapist in the area, uh, worked with an orthopedic group, worked with some professional athletes, um, mainly outpatient, orthopedic setting um, with that being said um, while I was working I returned to school to receive my doctorate um, okay. the field of physical therapy was changing I knew it I wanted to keep up with the changes um, wasn't easy working uh, I, I graduated the same year that my son Zachary graduated high school and our graduation was the same day oh. <laughs> <laughs> which didn't make for good choices but anyhow no, we went right. to Zachary's mine was fine yeah. um, and open several outpatient orthopedic clinics in the area. Um, with that being said, I am not a geriatric specialist. Right. Um, my specialty, I consider outpatient orthopedics. However, uh, we do treat a lot of the elderly. I did a lot of home care whenever I opened a new office in a, uh, an area. Um, I do home care in the area so everybody would know me as I got them better, try to get them to come to the clinic. So mm-hmm. that was one of our goals when I started doing home care, which... Um, I found it to be very exciting and um, educational for myself to learn what's going on in people's homes and really learned a lot on uh, what people put themselves at risk when they're in the house and not understanding the, the changes they're going
0: through. Could you give us a little bit of insight on that, the risk that people, that well, some clients you, you know seeing taking?
2: Um, and, and I, I, when I was younger, I used to hesitate to say this because I was younger and it was a lot easier for me to say Not all I'm getting older. I know I'm going through it myself. Um, As we age, and this this is not a negative, we get weaker faster, Uh, we lose flexibility. That's all physiologically proven. And with that, we get loss of balance. With loss of balance, we become a risk for fall. Okay, so when you go into a house, um, anything, the first thing you look at is what's on the floor, throw rugs, uh, extension cords, uh, Toys, dogs, uh, you know, animals running around—all those put you at risk. I don't know how many people I treated that their dog knocked them down the steps, or they stepped on their cat, walking down the steps, and fell down the steps. So um, that was very enlightening uh, when I started doing home care. So uh, as I as I treat older folks, I've noticed that a lot and made those recommendations accordingly.
0: Okay, that's that's something that I know that we are both in the home health field, and we used to question our elderly clients at
1: that time about safety in their home also. Correct, I um, at one point, I was the orthopedic social worker at St. Clair Hospital. And everybody would always say, how about a home evaluation? How about a home evaluation before discharge for home safety? Because everybody said, you can't discharge somebody home without a safe plan. Well, I used to always feel like, hey, you know what? We gotta hope every plan is safe, but some people find it difficult to get rid of the throw rugs or the dogs and, and they just live as they live and don't want to make modifications. And you obviously saw that as well.
2: Correct. I mean, there were some houses that didn't have railings going up and down their yeah. steps. You know, especially outside railings, people didn't have it. And, and those recommendations are quite simple to fix. You put a railing in, it makes it, everything a lot safer. Um, especially in Pittsburgh when I was doing a lot of care into the city area where you have some of these houses that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 steps outside the house to get up to the house. You know, and the doctor's saying to me, you know, why, why can't they get out of the house? I'm like, well, because they had no railing and it's 40 steps straight up and down. Um, so that, that puts a lot of folks at risk the, the environment they live in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have an interest if I could just ask you this. After someone experiences a fall, and I could be talking about a 50, 60, 80-year-old, the fear that they have about another fall again, could you tell us what, how you feel about that in terms of keeping people positive that just are so frightened about always falling?
2: Well, you know, first of all, you've got to find out the reason they fell. You know, if I, do, if I do my screening on a new patient and I find that they got weakness somewhere or they lack flexibility or balance, then, you know, I try to reassure them that, hey, that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Um, so we can work on that. We can work on their balance. We can work on their flexibility and get that confidence back in there. Now, there's also folks that are, have a fear. Maybe they have an arthritic hip or an arthritic knee and that knee gives out or that hip gives out and they don't want to go have a total hip replacement. You know, yeah, these orthopedics, you go in and say, oh, we'll put a new hip in, you'll be fine. Well, no, <laughs> not necessarily. Not everybody's confident enough, and, and they don't recover fast enough to be able to do that. There's always that fear when you're treating an old person that, that may need a hip or may need a knee. That if they go in and have it done, they're going to end up in a nursing home.
1: Mm-hmm. I was just going to say the next thing I'm, I'm going to look at you and say, then okay. then you're looking at nursing home, and right. then you're looking at some whole other picture here absolutely absolutely yeah the
2: nursing home and and, you know it's just like any other field there's good ones and bad ones Um, you know when I recently we made the decision to put my parents in a facility we looked at a bunch of different facilities my brother and I and uh, it was interesting walking in as a physical therapist to place your parents the things that I looked for you know and unfortunately that you know the more money you pay the better attention you get and that's the way of the world it's just the way it is and fortunately my parents are in a, a facility that's very nice right now and they're being taken care of and they're safe mm-hmm. um, you know my older brother was nervous about them being there and I don't know if it was the right decision and they're safe that's yeah. all I can say is they're safe
0: right right you're not worried about getting that phone call yeah, at night
2: at 3:30 in the morning hey, your yeah. dad's laying at the bottom steps
0: right exactly right. exactly so what are some of the things that we can do as we age to stay strong like I know our muscles can atrophy what are you what are some of your suggestions well
2: I mean I can go on and on for hours with that mm-hmm. um, there's just simple exercises that people can do and, and one that I found with people every time I went into a house the simplest exercise you can do is when you're getting out of a chair take your time and make it an exercise don't push off don't lean forward make your muscles work you know that's an exercise when you're going up the steps hold on to the railing be safe take a step up maybe stand on one leg for a second before you put the other leg down go step over step it's exercise there's everything we do during the day is an exercise just take your time and concentrate on it
0: yeah because you're engaging your core engaging everything yeah
2: engaging everything Um, simple things when they're at the sink okay Mm -hmm. i have exercises i do at the sink when uh, people are doing the dishes they stand, they hold onto the counter at the sink, they do heel raises, they raise up on their toes, pause, go down, you know, then they stand there, again, hands are on the counter, then they take their legs out to the side, which is your hip abductors, which is the one that everybody loses, which is the muscle that gets weak, and that's why everybody waddles when they walk. So the hip abductor is really important. And then extension, taking the hip backwards. Okay. okay. Again, uh-huh. that's a muscle everybody loses, and, you know, I say this to people all the time, but that's why our rear ends fall off when we get older. <laughs> that muscle atrophies. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> that Excuse afterpiece. me, mine is not, sir. <laughs> okay.
0: I know. I, yeah. But, okay. You know, and,
2: and so you need to have the, the strength to begin with. And right. That's, that's some of the exercises that, that I work with. Okay. Sitting in the chair, you know, marching in the chair, straightening your leg marching. in the chair. Pulling your leg straight out, pumping your foot up and down. Those are, those are exercises I did every day with my patients when I went into, into a house.
0: So there's a lot you can do in your house. It's If you have someone that is saying, I'm not able to get out, I'm not able to get to uh, an office, outpatient clinic, then here are the things that you can do in your home.
2: Yes, there's an yeah. the unlimited number of exercises you can do in your home and just take advantage of it.
0: That's great. So I have another question for you, Dr. Rogers. Can you explain to our listeners about physical therapy and, you know, and occupational therapy? Like, what's the difference? I know uh, some of my clients, when I would say we're going to, you know, we're going to ask for a PT uh, request, referral, they would say, we don't know what PT is. What do they do? What does an occupational therapist do? Some say occupational therapy is upper body where physical therapy is lower. Can you explain to us, please? Well, (laughs) um,
2: there's an overlap between the two of them. Okay. And and when you say upper body and lower body, that really isn't either way. Okay. Okay. Physical therapists are more of of movement and function and and everyday life. Mm -hmm. Okay. The occupational therapist... um, and you know, Kelsey would be a better person to talk to, but they're more on the ADLs and functioning, how to do certain things, how to modify things at home to, to, to stay at home, how to modify you know, settings in the kitchen or in the bathroom, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, more ADL and self-care activities. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want everybody to be getting mad, but they, they also do a lot of things that we do. Okay? Mm-hmm. For example, occupational therapists, there's A lot of certified hand therapists in occupational therapy, and there's a lot of certified hand therapists in physical therapy. So, obviously, those two are doing the same. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing. They're working with hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there's an overlap, and it's endless, and the things that overlap. Some OTs I know do a lot of shoulder work, which is okay. what PTs do. Okay. They don't just do the EDL stuff. Um, I know a group, an orthopedic group that I work with, that has a, a, a therapy practice, okay, and they wanted PTs and OTs, but it became too difficult for insurance purposes because if an OT was in there and they were on vacation one day and the PT treated that patient, then the insurance would deny because there's always a different title,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not that they weren't doing the same thing, which a different title became, or an insurance issue, so what they did is just hired up OTs, okay, so a lot the same. A lot different, just different extremes
0: that we do. Well, I just want to mention something um, that Kelsey was just mentioned. And and I want to explain that Kelsey is Dr. Rogers' daughter who is an occupational therapist. So there's another doctor in the house here. (laughs) So I just wanted to mention that. Jane, do you have a question?
1: I did. I just wanted to ask a lot of individuals who have not had an orthopedic problem, that was not a hip fracture and knee, but there are a lot of individuals that are deconditioning from congestive heart failure, from emphysema, new on oxygen, and energy conservation needs. How do they fit into your education program without necessarily i guess you could look at you do gait training and walking as well as activities of daily living but some people are just deconditioned do they need a doctor's order to see a therapist to help
2: well and we were talking earlier but in the state of pennsylvania we have direct access so a physical therapist with a direct access access license can see someone without an initial referral however Every insurance is different. So I got to defer to whatever their insurance is to determine that. Okay, so you, you need to, to make sure what the insurance coverage is. But those, those specific conditions you were talking about are where the geriatric certification specialty gets in, the specialty decondition, the emphysema, all those different conditions you were mentioning. That's, that was, that, I would say that would be beyond what I did. Okay. okay. Um, now, deconditioning is one thing because um, I treat them just like an athlete. I just call them elderly athletes. That's all. But when you get into the emphysema and the heart issues, there's specialists that take care of that. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. your cardiac rehab specialist, all that. So.
0: Right. I appreciate being uh, recognized as an elderly athlete. Yeah. I, I think I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, uh-huh. that's kind. Yeah. I so. had my
2: first pickleball lady probably... Twenty, probably twenty years ago. Really? Yeah, before it became famous, and I was like, "What is pickleball?" Uh
0: huh. <laughs> right.
2: I didn't know. I yeah. look at it, but she she played on some team, senior team and traveled across the country.
0: Yeah. Well, it's out there, and so are the knee injuries. So, um, well, I have to.
1: I guess I just want to thank you, Doctor Rogers. I um, really appreciate it. I, I think it's so interesting and I've said it to Kate, that I continue to learn. Even though I've worked in a hospital setting, a hospice setting, and long-term care, I still continue to learn because even though my mobility's fine now, who knows you know, what, what I'll be looking at. So I appreciate everything you've, you've said.
2: Well, I'm glad you said that because for years I, I worked with interns and residents we're into physical therapy. And as soon as they come into the clinic and start working, their first thing is, oh, I don't know anything. They didn't teach me this in school. Yeah. So I got news for you. I've been doing this for 38 years. And I don't think I know anything either because it's changing constantly. You know, you know I, We're getting better and better at diagnosing and treating things.
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, but there has been uh, something I did want to ask you was about when people, before they're going in for surgery, would you recommend, it, I mean, if it's... It doesn't have to be um, working out or anything like that. But could they see a physical therapist for Absolutely. strengthening? I think that would Absolutely. be.
2: Absolutely, there's actually a lot of orthopedics in the area that their protocol prior to knee and hip surgeries is physical therapy. Mm-hmm. A couple of visits in physical therapy, when um, you get in the hospital, a lot of times they'll do, you know, crutch training you can teach people how to walk with the crutches and getting ready for that post exercise, so they know going in what they're going to look be look uh, required to do.
0: So do you think that when somebody is in the hospital, that's one of the first things, even if the doctor's not recommending it, maybe that patient should say, you know, I've experienced some weakness. I'd like to see a physical therapist. Yeah.
2: yeah. You, listen, you need to advocate for yourself. It, 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 it is endless. Um, I don't know how many times I've had patients, you know, asking me, "Why well, can't do this. It's you, your body, you advocate for it. You come in, we'll find out, we'll go from there, we'll determine what you need, but you need to advocate for yourself. And when you go into the hospital, that's the first thing you need to ask for. If you are able, you know, and you're motivated, you need to get the PT in there, OT in there, whatever, take advantage of all the resources in the hospital that you can.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Absolutely. And and I agree with advocating, that is key, you know. Um, So basically we wanna thank you very much for giving us your time. We appreciate it, and uh, we'd like to leave our podcast on a quote about aging, and I want to reference something that Sophia Loren had once said, aging is not about how many years have passed, but how much life you have embraced. So. With that, we'd like to say
1: goodbye. And until we uh, talk to you again, uh, Kate and I are going to be doing our own session next time. Be there or be square because it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much again, Dr. Rogers. We appreciate your
0: time. Thank Thank you.